I want to talk to you about pressing in. Press into the heart of God. I want to talk to you about pressing on to your higher calling. And I want to talk to you about pressing up to heaven. Hallelujah. Press in, press in, press in, press on, press up. I think you call it tenaciousness, stick-to-itiveness. Listen, Jesus. You know, this book is about Jesus, is it not? Did you know Jesus is really who he says he is? Did you know there's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that proclaim the Messiah is coming? And I'm telling you, over 300, they nailed it. Probability of Jesus being the one, you take eight out of the 300 prophecies. What does that look like? I'm a visual person, so what does it look like? You take silver dollars, mark just one of them, just one, and you fill up the state of Texas with silver dollars two feet deep. That's a lot of silver dollars, is it not? That's just eight out of 300 prophecies. Let's take my brother, who for some reason or another loves to jump out of airplanes, and let's get him in an airplane, fly him over the great state of Texas for a while, and then let's just boot him out and let him parachute down like he so loves to do. Now, he's blindfolded, so he wanders around Texas for a few days, blindfolded, and then he just stops randomly picks up a silver dollar, and it's the marked silver dollar. That is eight prophecies out of 300 proclaiming that Jesus would be the Messiah. They said where he would be born. They said how he would be born. They said all of the details to perfection. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. He came, he walked on this planet, he was crucified, and he was buried, and he was raised on the third day, and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. Jesus is Lord. And he came to this planet to be our example. He came to planet Earth to be our model. We got to look at him. We got to see what he did. He came to show us what The Father is like. You want to know what our Creator is like? You look at Jesus. Walk with Him through Matthew. Walk with Him through Mark, Luke, and John. Walk with Him. Hold His hand and walk through the Gospels and watch how He operates. Watch how He thinks. Watch what He does in different situations. He showed us how the Father is. He came to die to make atonement for our sin. Can you say, thank you, Jesus? If it were not for Jesus... Where would we be? He came to defeat the works of the devil. Hallelujah. I like that one. He came to defeat the works of the devil until Jesus beat the devil with a cross. Until then, the devil is the God of this world. But when we accept Jesus, the bondage that we were under with the devil Because Paul said, the devil's the God of this world, and so you were servants to him. But when Jesus comes into our heart, we have been transferred from the darkness into the light of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. Jesus came to show us how to live. And then he came to be our life. It is Jesus in me, the hope of glory. It is Jesus who lives in me, the hope of glory. I said, it's Jesus who lives in me, the hope of glory. Jesus, our model, our example. Jesus taught three things. Repent, 
Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was saying, repent, repent. Well, what does that mean? It means you're going this way. Oh, I see it's the wrong way. I turn and I go this way. I just repented. It's not, you got caught. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's not repenting. Repenting is having a change of heart. Glory to God. He said, follow me. Second thing he taught, follow me. Repent and follow me. And then the last thing that he taught was, you go and tell. We are God's show and tell. Amen. You know, the kids, when they were growing up, now my grandkids, they have show and tell day. They brought me one time. What they're trying to say. But anyway, they did. I was show and tell for my grandchild. We are Jesus' show and tell. We're to tell of his goodness, to tell of his kindness, to tell of his grace, to tell of his love for us. Now, I'm going to dovetail this in with a story straight out of the book of Mark, Mark 5. And you'll find it in Luke 8, too. It's about the woman with the issue of blood. She had been having this problem for years, been to every doctor known then, spent all of her money, had nothing left. Would you say that woman was hopeless? Go like this. Mm -hmm. I like interaction, y'all. I'm used to preaching in prison. It's funny to see everybody in colored clothes. I mean, <laughs> this woman was hopeless. Nothing left she had. No resources, no nothing. Then one day, she heard about Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, she heard about Jesus. Listen, one day when you were lost, one day when you had no hope, did you not hear about Jesus? Hallelujah. This woman. Now, ladies, you know that if you bled a lot, what do you become? Anemic. What does that mean? tired, weak. Everything is just, just makes you cry, does it not? Everything is bigger than what it is. This woman had bled for years. I'm sure her body was very, very, very frail and very, very weak. But say it with me. She heard about Jesus. Say it again. She heard about Jesus. Now, she had a problem. The law of the land of the day said that she was unclean. She was in the same classification as a leper. If she got out in public, she had to throw a cloth over her and yell, unclean, 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 and people would just back off. I don't want that jumping on me. Kind of like what I was, I was in the hospital yesterday with my nephew. He's got the terrible flu. And I stood way back. <laughs> Nephew, I'm here to check on you. I was in the emergency room with him. He had been there for four hours. He stood a hat on his baseball cap and his glasses. He said, do you think you could get my hat and my glasses? I said, yes, take off your hat. Put your glasses in your hat. And I'll get it. And I'll put it over here. <laughs> Unclean! <laughs> This woman had to identify herself as one unclean. She was an outcast. And here she's got to make a decision. 
I heard that Jesus can heal. I heard that he's healing people right and left, my version. I heard that he can make the blind see, make the lame walk. I bet he could heal even me. But how do I get to him? How do I get to him? I'm unclean. I'm hopeless. And I'm weak. This woman had to decide, I must see Jesus. So she made the decision. She got up, weak as she was, and she began her search. Have you seen Jesus? And they said, well, I heard he was over such and such place. Oh, now her body weak. Remember? Weak, weak, weak. Her body weak. She's walking. Every step must have been a hard step for her. Every breath must have been hard. Have you seen Jesus? Well, I think he might be a couple of streets over. Thank you. Her heart must be getting very, very heavy by now. Her body must be going, quit, quit, just sit down and die. Quit, quit. But she had determined in her heart, I must see Jesus. So she got everything within her, everything within her. She pulled it together, and she began her search. And as she went down the street, she saw a great crowd. Her heart sank. How am I ever going to get to Jesus? How am I ever going to get to see him? But the word of God says, she kept saying to herself, if I can but touch just the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She had to resolve again. She had to pull it together again. And thus she began her journey down the street. And as she got closer, she's not covering herself, screaming unclean. She's saying, I've got to touch him. I've got to touch him. Why was it so important to touch him? Because she knew. She knew the power of God was with him. She knew. So she gets close to the crowd. She drops on her hands and knees, and she begins to push the legs out of the way. Now, look, our first trip to Africa, Dorothy remember this. We were in an outdoor street crusade. I think it was our first one. And when the power of God began to heal people, the people just went... You know what I mean, Dorothy. You couldn't move. You couldn't turn. You were just squashed with humanity. I was praying for everyone I could reach. I was leaning over. I was praying, but I couldn't move. I was stuck. But I felt something down tugging my skirt. I felt this tug on my skirt, and I looked, and this little elderly woman had crawled through the sea of legs just to be touched. I was undone. And I said, Lord, I don't know what she wants, but give her a double portion for her faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, this woman, she pressed in, and she finally, at last, weak as she was, touched the hem of his garment. And it says in the word of God, she felt virtue come into her. I like the virtue of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
It's tangible. It is. The word says she knew she was healed. It also says that Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And I'm putting it in my vernacular, if you don't mind. The disciple said, you crazy? What do you mean, who touched you? Look, Jesus, everybody is touching you. What do you mean, who touched you? And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. Somebody intentionally touched me with purpose. I felt virtue leave me. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is in this house. Glory to God. Mm -mm -mm. She was healed. Now it says that she was trembling with fear. Why was she afraid? She had broken every law there was. They had every right to take her out, drag her out, and stone her to death. They would be in the, the confines of the law to do that. They had to do that. And now Jesus was saying, who touched me? And one version says he made her tell what happened. She had to confess, uh, it was me. And she told all that had happened. What did Jesus say? I love this. Woman, your faith has healed you. I want to hear those words. Your faith has changed your life. Your faith has changed your destiny. The devil's going to tell you, you're a loser. The devil's going to tell you, you ain't going to make it. But I want you to know, if you will press in, if you will press on, if you will press up, you can touch the hem of his garment and be changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Body, soul, and spirit. Glory to God. Now, let's look at this. She was desperate. No remedies. No more resources. She heard of Jesus. She was determined to touch, and she exercised faith by risking all. Can I ask you, would you do that? Would you exercise your faith by risking all? Mm -mm -mm. Would you do that? I haven't gotten into my message yet, and I've got eight minutes. First Peter 1.16 says, and Peter was reflecting Leviticus 11, verse 44. Peter said, be holy as I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. It was God Almighty speaking. He was telling his people, you be holy as I am holy. Then it was said in other places. And you know, I looked up the word holy in First Peter, in the Greek. Then I went over to Revelation, and I looked up the words where it says, and the creatures are flying around the throne. Those strange-looking creatures, they're flying around the throne, and they are crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Did you know it's the same word? It's number 40 in the Greek. Holy. Set apart, sanctified. What is our obstacles to be holy? What is it? We all have them. It's not a suggestion. It is a command to be holy, to be set apart for our God. Not a suggestion. What is the obstacle keeping you from being holy? 
I'm just going to preach to myself, and you can listen. I am telling you, I have had to repent. I have had to go to the throne. I have had to talk to Father, creating me a clean heart, oh God, creating me a clean heart. I just want to be clean before you. Have I done that successfully? No, but I'm working toward it. We're all on a journey together. But I want to ask you this morning, what is your obstacle to be holy? Is it unbelief? You know, we're required to have faith, are we not? I believe it says without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible. Impossible is a pretty strong word, but without faith, it's impossible. So is unbelief holding you back? Doubt? How about unforgiveness? Oh, sister, now you stepping on toes. Mm-hmm. After they rolled over mine, they're on yours. <laughs> There's all kinds of stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus talking, it's in red about unforgiveness. Jesus said, if you do not forgive, you, you know, it's not a suggestion either. It is a command. If you do not forgive, Jesus said it, you will be turned over to the tormentors. Who wants to be intentionally tormented? Well, I don't see any hands. So what would that suggest? We don't like pain. So we need to forgive. Yeah, but you just don't understand, sister. You just don't understand what was done to me. No, I might not. God does. I don't. But unforgiveness will eat your lunch. It's like drinking rat poison and expecting the other one to die. That isn't going to work, is it? If you drink rat poison, what's going to happen? You're going to die. Amen? We must forgive. It's not hinged on emotions. It's hinged on obeying the word of God. Period. It's a leap of faith. Lord, I choose to forgive. I could tell you stories that blow your mind about forgiving people that have wounded me. It's powerful. Forgiveness is a powerful weapon. So you just leap off the cliff, forgive, and watch God work. Another one, 1 Peter 3 says that husbands, if you don't treat your wives right, your prayers are not answered. Oh, sister, not so. Oh, yes, it is. The word of God is true. So that tells me not only husbands, but, you know, wives, you don't treat your husbands right. Guess what? No prayers answered. Well, how about relationships? You don't treat each other right. Guess what? No prayers answered. Would that behoove us to act right? Hmm. That's a good one to, to motivate us to behave and act right. Amen? What about selfishness? Is that what's stopping you from pressing in to the heart of God? Complaining and murmuring? Mmm. I got a whole message on that one. <laughs> that one's about an hour 45. You want that one right now? No, I can't. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, complaining and murmuring will get you in the desert. It'll keep you going around the mountain way more times than you want to go. So it's just best to be happy. Just put your happy self on and be happy. You can get your happy self together just as easy as you can get your murmuring and complaining together. Amen? If you feel the urge to murmur and complain, stuff it. Go to the cross. Say, Lord, I just almost murmured and complained. I'm so sorry. How about pride? Is pride keeping you from pressing in, pressing on, and pressing up? Well, I don't think I have any pride. Oh, that just signified you do. <laughs> you just nailed yourself. 
Sister, you're preaching hard. Mm-hmm. I told you I'm preaching to myself, and you get to listen. Pride. God hates. I am more determined now than ever. Humility is the biggest weapon we can use against the devil. Humility is the opposite of pride. Well, I don't, I don't want to be no milk toast. Oh, no. Look at Jesus. Was he a milk toast? But you see the prime example of humility. Jesus, who did not consider himself equal with God, Jesus humbled himself, came to this planet and endured the cross. That's humility. In the garden, when he sweat in tears and sweat in drops of blood from his forehead, he said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's humility. Powerful. Powerful. So let's get rid of the pride stuff. How about known sin in your heart? Ooh, I'm fixing to step on some toes. <laughs> ooh there it went. <laughs> known sin. We know when we sin. Go like this. We do. We know when we've missed the mark. That's all that the word sin means. It's an archery term. You've got a bow and arrow, which my granddaughter number five got, and I'm going, oh, she's not old enough to have a bow and arrow. But... They took her out to shoot, and guess what? She hit the mark. Third time trying, she hit right where she was supposed to and never missed again. If she missed the mark, it was called sin. You sinned. You missed the mark. So that's what the word sin means. God has a purpose for us. He has a plan for us. It's a good plan. When we miss that mark, that purpose, we've sinned. We have sin in our heart and we know about it. We best run to the cross and repent. What does repent mean? A change of heart. There are obvious things that are sin. You know, the word talks about adultery, addictions, hatred, lying, stealing, abusing, anger, violence, perversion, etc., etc. Those are obvious sins. But as I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, here's what I find. Jesus was concerned about the heart because out of the heart, everything comes. Out of the heart, your life is planned because you see, in here, you start thinking, you start thinking inside yourself. You start thinking, and you're going to be agreeing with God, or you're going to be agreeing with the devil, one of the two. Whichever one you decide to agree with, you think it more. You think it more. You think it more. And then all of a sudden, those thoughts become actions. And actions done long enough becomes behavior, and behavior chooses your destiny. So Jesus was concerned about the heart issues. Jesus, all of these I'm about to read, you'll find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was talking about people talking truth but living a different life. What do we call those people? Hypocrites. I looked that up in the Greek. Do you know what that means? I was amazed. I did not. I knew what a hypocrite was. I just didn't know in the Greek what it was. Do you know what it is? An actor. An actor of an assumed character. A stage player talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Well, you know, let's see if I can say this. Your walk walks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Your walk walks and your talk talks, but your walk is screaming at the world. 
I worked my one and only men's walk. Took me about six months to recover. But I was amazed to find out one of the speakers had everybody to stand up in the room except for me. Number one to ten. Was anybody on that walk? You were. You were. All the men were numbered from one to ten, and then he had ones, twos, and threes set down. He said, this is the percentage of men addicted to pornography, Christian men. The heart, the heart, it's all in the heart. You may be singing, hallelujah, holy, holy, and if you're addicted to pornography in secret, you're a hypocrite. Ladies, I'm not going to leave you off the hook either. If you're addicted to these ungodly TV shows or movies, the werewolf, that's just as bad. Oh, but it's romance. It's just as bad because it's not of the Lord. Anything not of the Lord is going to be destruction to you. Anything of the Lord is going to be health, healing, and wholeness. Who likes destruction? I don't see any takers. Who likes health, healing, and wholeness? Then would you say we need to have some heart change? Amen. Amen. Okay, moving on to the next one. I can hear someone saying, thank goodness. <laughs> Having an okay outward behavior but unrighteous thoughts, like maybe uh, murder. The word said, Jesus in red says, if you hate your brother, you are guilty of murder. You see, it's all a heart issue. Had the man or a woman, had they committed murder? No, but they hated the person, and Jesus said that is the same as murder. It's a heart issue. How about being more concerned about what people think about us rather than what God thinks? Mm, that's a rough one, is it not? You know, years back in the early 80s, I signed on with a company. I was one of two females in the state of Texas with this in, in the insurance industry for a full-line agency, one or two women. And I was sent to Waco to school for months. I was the only one that would not order alcohol to drink. Now, I could have struggled and thought, well, what are they going to think about me? I mean, I need to fit in with them. I mean, these are, these are my insurance compadres here. I mean, I'm, they might think I'm a, I'm a goody two-shoes or something. I had to make a choice, and I decided, you know what, God? I just love you so much. <laughs> I just love you. I'm in love with you so much. I don't care what they think. I choose to walk a pure life, and I did. And, you know, I was the only one that could understand after lunch what the teachers were talking about because the others were sloshed. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> you know, it was important to know what they were saying because we were going to have tests. Or maybe... Maybe we're in a situation that's not like that, but we're in a situation that we really need to speak up and tell truth, but, oh, my, we're going to be judged. They're going to think of me as, who are you going to believe? You're going to believe God or the devil? We're going to have, people, we're going to have to get some guts. Just good old West Texas talk. We're going to have to get some guts. we got to stand for what's right. we got to speak for what's right. I read the news a couple of days ago, and California is bracing to figure out how the school system is going to adjust to the new law of transgender. I thought, we have gone crazy, Lord. Help us. Help us. And in the Rose Bowl Parade, there's going to be a gay marriage on the float. 
at a certain point in the parade, and they're so proud of that. And I thought, help us, Jesus. Help us. Help us. Where's holiness at? The church has been too zipped-lipped. Oh, did you know now that what I just said is considered a hate crime? I don't hate those people. I love those people. I want to see them have the fullness of life, the true, pure joy, health, healing, wholeness. I have led those people to Jesus. I don't hate them, huh? They might kick me off of A&E. I would have to be on it first. <laughs> the Christians, where are we? I mean, where are we? Where are, you, where are we? We got to stand up for holiness. Amen? Jesus talked about people being jealous about those who are in better positions than we are. Anyone have to deal with that? You don't have to raise your hand, but this is heart issues. He talked about elevating ourselves in our own minds. Ouch! Owie! That hurt! Being legalistic by keeping the traditions of men while overlooking mercy and compassion. I don't hear any amens on that. It's an oh me one, isn't it? Pointed out other people's faults, but being blind to our own. Mm -mm. There is none so blind of those that will not see. Majoring on minor things. Making excuses for neglecting to honor parents. That was a big one in Jesus' heart. Making traditions of men a priority rather than living by God's word. These are all what Jesus talked about. Trying to make others believe that we're something that we aren't. He talked about folks like that. He also talked about people elevating ourselves in our own mind, judging outward appearance instead of leaving judgment with God who looks at the heart, being motivated by the love of money rather than God's priorities. Let's go like this. Amen. You know, us Americans, we're probably all guilty of that 100%, are we not? Those were all known sins of the heart. That's what Jesus addressed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if Holy Spirit is visiting you right now about any of those, then let's deal with it in just a moment. There's seven obstacles I've named. First one, first one was unbelief, second one unforgiveness, the relationships being unharmonious, selfishness, complaining and murmuring, pride, known sin in your heart, and the last obstacle of pressing in, pressing on, pressing up is the devil. We have an enemy that hates our guts, and he is vicious, and he is out to kill, steal, and destroy us. And you know, we've got to learn who we are, and we've got to learn how to exercise authority. If I didn't know those two things, I would not go to Africa. I would not go to Guatemala. I don't even know if I'd get out of my house in Snyder. But praise God, we know who we are in Jesus. We can take authority over our enemy, the adversary. We need to ask God for discerning of spirits on that. And I'm going to quickly tell you how to overcome these seven obstacles in seven ways to overcome. The first one is humility. I've already talked about that, James 4.10. The second one is have faith. Mark 11:22. Jesus said, if you have faith, nothing's impossible. Nothing is impossible if you only have faith. The third one is yield your will, just like Jesus did. Keep your heart clean. I had an experience. I don't know. I'm kind of like Paul, out of the body, out, in the body. I don't know. All I know is I can tell you what happened to me. I had just received prayer. 
and all of a sudden I was being transported. I mean, I can see stars coming at me like this, and, and it felt like a roller coaster like this, and whoa, I mean like this, and all of a sudden, eat, stop, I hear God say, keep your heart pure and listen for the voice of my spirit. And then all of a sudden, everything just went backwards, and I kind of come to myself, and I went, I think I just had one of those experiences I read about. Brothers and sisters, keep your heart pure and listen for the voice of Holy Spirit. It'll so keep you out of the devil's clutches. The next one is you exercise patience with faith. You say, well, I prayed, but nothing happened. Pray some more. Don't give up. Don't give in. Pray some more. Know that God has heard you. But remember what happened to Daniel when he prayed. It was 21 days before the answer was given by an angel who told Daniel, Daniel, beloved of God, the answer was sent the moment you prayed, but the spirit prince of Persia has fought me, and I'm just now getting here. I had to call for help. Michael is, is over there fighting now. Here's the answer to your prayer. Now, I got to go back and help Michael fight the spirit prince. Hello. That's a little window in what we deal with. We fight not flesh and blood. We fight people without bodies. We fight unclean spirits. We fight fallen angels. But I read the last chapter, and folks, we win. Hallelujah. The next thing is do not throw away your confidence. Don't you ever throw away your confidence. God is good. He is good all the time. God is good. He is good all the time. God is good. He is good all the time. And he loves you, and he wants the best for you. He does not wish ill on you at all. The devil does that. God wants good for you. He wants good for you. Don't you throw away your confidence. Don't you ever determine, well, I'll worship him if. Oh, no, 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 no. He deserves worship regardless. In the midst of pain, he deserves worship. In the midst of turmoil, he deserves our worship. In the midst of mess, he deserves our worship. Do not throw away your confidence. And the last one, you speak only the word of God. If God said it, you speak it. If God didn't say it, zip your lips. It'll keep you out of trouble. Romans 8, 29 says, God chose us to become like Jesus. Let me say it again. It's the word of God. God chose us to become like Jesus. Can you say you're like Jesus? Is your heart longing to be like him? In Hebrews 12, 9, it cries out, remove the sin that trips us up. Remove it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, say it with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the word of God says in 1 Peter 1, 16, be holy as he is holy. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Jesus, for the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that we can have hope, we can have assurance, we can have trust in you, that you who began the good work in us will not give up on us, that you who love us so much will not leave us in despair and in hopelessness, but you will give us, Father, what we need to be victorious. You will give us, Lord, what we need. I thank you for Holy Spirit 
and his name is Holy, who lives within us. Teach us, O God, how to yield our will, how to yield our emotions to Holy Spirit. And may we, Father, begin to look more and more like Jesus. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I would invite anyone that wants prayer to come up. You can talk to God yourself. You can have someone to talk to. If you need prayer, if you want to get things right with God, this is your chance. I'm telling you, the trumpet may sound today, and we're out of here. And I told the Lord yesterday, I went down to the prayer house, and I said, Lord, I just want to hear, well done. That's all I want to hear from you is well done. Yes. Can that be your heart cry to hear that from your father? Well done, good and faithful servant. Would you come if you need prayer?